This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. Kia ora, my name's Rex Lovegrove, and welcome to Colours of the Heart, looking at life's challenges from a place of presence and compassion. Imagine there's no heaven. Once again, welcome, welcome forward to Colours of the Heart. And before we kick the show off, a big mihi out to Access Radio Taranaki and of course my sponsors. Love you guys. Thank you, Kiwi Bike. I have Donna back in the house and Donna, um, so nice to see you again. Yeah, you fed and watered me prior to this event <laughs> and I understand that you have um, a, a big mahi ahead of you in relation to hosting a special event here in Taranaki, here in New Plymouth. And so welcome once again. So good to see you. Please just just walk Thank straight you. through the door. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for welcoming. This is marvelous. It's good to catch up with you. I love the radio show. It's one of my favorites. But right, I decided I would make something fun because every time we have to go drive to Wellington or Auckland because there's a, a speaker we want to hear, we're out the gasoline and a place to stay and all the meals. So I said, why not do a conference here in New Plymouth so people could pick and choose what they want to do or see. So it got to be fun picking out the people. And we have six different presenters, but they're all doing either two or three talks. So you have 18 talks to choose from. And you can look at the schedule and figure out which ones are interesting, but I was looking for people that were kind of a little bit edgy, you know, new information, not the stuff you'd already heard. And Freddie Silva's talk last year was so wonderful. I said, okay, since you've done this talk here, will you do something just new and exclusive for New Plymouth? And I went, yeah, we need that. Because after all, you had that big crowd last year that was absolutely wonderful. What we want to do is give them something new. And he was great. What he's given us is a talk about all the ancient cultures, the combination. And in particular, once again, what was happening on the Southern Hemisphere. Now, all of us have loved Graham Hancock's Ancient Apocalypse. Well, one of the things when I saw that, with one exception, everything else was Northern Hemisphere. And it was Freddie that was doing Easter Island, Peru, and then, of course, New Zealand. And that was the mind-blowing thing. So in this next presentation, he's going to go around all the Southern Hemisphere, particularly looking at stone constructions, because the megalithic markers are the marker for what was probably a planetary level, level civilization 
and they all work with monstrously large stones, like you see at Stonehenge or in Peru or place like that. But we're beginning to see where they started because these were people who could look, who could shape basalt and granite before there was any uh, metal tools. So what's going on there? So we've got indications of their technology. We have the vast territory that they were involved with. And then the fact that New Zealand may be where it all started. Wow. <laughs> we have a visitor, Fano. <laughs> oh, we have a visitor. Uh, so that was the extra noise. <laughs> fascinating. Now, obviously, um, Freddie isn't the only guest speaker. Right. So would you like to touch in on... Yes, we have a wonderful team. We have our own local Lisa Lister, and she's going to be doing things about how to heal childhood trauma for adults. And she has amazing gifts in that area. So I was really glad to getting her to do it for a large problem. We have Swama Karma, and I won't make the last name, but she's an expert on the yoga and fully trained, spends about half of her year in India, fully recognized for all of her skills. And she's talking about breath work to kind of manage or calm emotions and not to mention for improved health and all the other things that could go by good breath work. And we met Greenwood, who is from Australia, and he's interested in shamanism in particular. He went to the trouble of learning from the Aborigine in Australia, but he also went to the United States and worked with several of primarily the Western tribes, which is Navajo and the people around the Grand Canyon and other places like that. And he's had an interesting experience. He's slowly fitting together an ancient history of how these indigenous people interacted with off-planet visitors. And we have a lot of documentation on that. Uh, the Dogon in Africa know the position of all the three suns in the Sirius constellation. They've never had telescopes. There's no way they could even known that there was more than one sun there. And they said, oh, no, they orbit this way. And the astronomers said that they were right. And this is a tribal culture that's just now looking at machinery. So we've got stories around the planet of visitors who came to help. The Navajo tell a story of the ant people who took them down into the Grand Canyon and into caves to protect them while the world was going through a hard time and then helped them come out again and taught them to raise crops and things like that. So in the dances of the Navajo are recognized some ant beings and they're all very friendly. So we're going to get some great stories because Matthew's had direct contact and he says, you fit it all together. It's a planetary story, not a story just of a single tribe. It's they came and helped each of the tribes at different points in their development. And all these histories are a lot older. I, Gary Cook is launching the show. He, he couldn't come. He was not quite up to it. But he gave me almost 30 or 40 minutes of an interview. And he was the first person who wrote on the Waitaha. And he says he's met Maori, who can fuck a papa, I hope I've said it correctly, 132 generations back, which means the Maori were here 4,000 years. So I think it's going to be an interesting conference, and we have some amazing people. Oh, Jeanette Wilson's coming, and she's going to do talks on emotional rebalancing, emotional healing, psychic surgery, 
And the one I always love from her is how to have the experience of what it feels like to be enlightened. Because she can do that for a room of people. They don't even close their eyes. And she walks them through that kind of transition. So I think the conference is supposed to be fun, new, and interesting things. I'm really, what, what I did, I brought all the people I thought would be really interesting so I would have a good time. <laughs> Nothing more than that. But if you're interested in new experiences, new understandings, it's talking to people who are doing that edgy research. And so I hope it's fun for everybody. Yeah. So if someone was interested and in involving themselves, um, entering into this um, beautiful mahi that you're organizing, yeah. it's, um, where, would they, where would they look? Beyond the boundaries, if you went uh, online, um, at the present time we're using the electronic billboards in town, you will see posters up saying Beyond the Boundaries, listing all the people. It has a website, has a QR code on it. I've never, now learned how to do that kind of thing. And so you can click on it and you go to the website and you can read about all the individuals and which day they're doing which talk. It has the full schedule so that you can figure out what you'd like to go to. Beautiful. And it runs for? It is March 8th, 9th, and 10th. It's a three-day event over a weekend. Wow. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It should be fun. And whilst I'm feeling it, Donna, um, I, I, um, I know you're a little older than the toast. Mm -hmm. yep. and, I, and I'm not going to ask your age, <laughs> for you're no spring chicken, right? Right. But there is an enthusiasm about you in relation to this. Oh and, yes. And I can see I can see you glowing as you speak into the into this mahi. Well, I I mean it as a kind of gift to the community, because we watch interesting programs on YouTube. But what about being in the room with those people? You yeah. can ask them questions. You can interact with them. You can interact with other people of equal interest. And that's kind of fun. Half the fun of a conference is the conversations in the coffee room. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, Fano, you've heard it here first. You've heard it here first. And if you haven't been told, if you haven't been told, you are sincerely, you are sincerely cared for. Kia <laughs> Friends, oh, I get 
Once again, welcome forward to Colours. Uh, as I made reference, Donna's in the house. And Donna, you have so much to say. There's so much data. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. No. No, you, you don't have to apologise for your brilliance, love. Um, please, the, the floor's yours. Oh, thank you. The, these are always fun and marvelous. But I appreciate the opportunity to tell people about these things. For example, a lady I didn't happen to mention was uh, Dr. Gail Pearson, and she is an MD and specifically an anesthetologist, but got a little disappointed with the medical field herself and began looking and doing her own research. And I understand research completely and what you're running into is just having to have a good memory. But her knowledge of people in what is a crisis situation operation led her to look at different kind of nutrients, and particularly, or she refers to it as nutrigenics. She's looking at what are the chemicals, the genes, and the mitochondria need to feed themselves, and then realized it has a relationship to chronic illness. There are a lot of illnesses that particularly the older generation suffers from that don't have cures they have a persistence and and you have to figure out what works for you. And it's an, an odd edginess to medical research right now, but I consider it incredibly important because most of the medical improvements we've enjoyed in this last century is because somebody had an ill relative or got interested in that piece of research and suddenly all of us get the benefit of that. So I'm really interested to hear what she has to say. Brilliant. But now the other one that I think is really interesting, I talked a little bit about Freddie's talk, but Freddie's doing two talks. We have two evenings with Freddie Silva, and I consider him a marvelous public speaker. 
but one of them is the how these sacred sites work. They were designed, you know, it's wonderful to have the ritual and the spiritual experience and all that, but they were designed to deliberately transform the people participating in the event. And so Freddie has led workshops, particularly in some of the megalithic monuments in Portugal, but also one and two in Scotland. But he talked about Castle Rock or Castle Hill, which is near Christchurch, which I had the pleasure of seeing this last January. It's a little mind-blowing. You're right. A lot of them look perfectly natural, but there are a lot that don't look natural at all. And also, I would love to see what the LADAR looked like, which is underground radar, because you have the feeling that those stones are actually much, much bigger because they're still half buried, like the heads on Easter Island. We always thought they were just heads, and then somebody thought to dig down, they found it was a whole body. The world changes when you get that kind of information. But if these sacred places were designed for sound and vibration and the rocks change how a note is sung because of the sound bouncing off of it, we know that sound, vibration, and harmonies heal. There's a lot more going on with these ancient healing sites. You went to Delphi to speak to the prophetess, but you came there because you were after healing. And that was part of the role of the temple as well. So all cultures have participated in it, but we're not now realizing that that was around the planet, that you went to the holy site, you stayed there, you were taken care of, you, you drank the waters from the, the very pristine wells. And that's how people sought out the unusual cures that they needed as individuals. So I think Freddie's talk on that is going to be really fascinating. I'm not normally um, short for words, <laughs> but in this moment, I require to take a deep breath. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. You did say this was going to um, run over three days. Right. And you did reference the the uh, the website. Could you repeat that, please, love? Um, yes, the um, the website. If you're just looking for the name of it, is Events Artesia, and Artesia is A R T E S I A. dot co. dot n z. Um, or on the posters downtown, you'll see my phone number. Call me, I'll ask you. And there's a QR code, and you aim your phone at the QR code, and it will go to the website, and all the information will be on your phone. So watch for the posters downtown. You will see them in other locations. Um, if you see the poster, contact me. I'll answer questions, and we'll be getting some more information out. But it's a fun event. I'm looking forward to talking to the people who choose to come. We'll probably find our next group of speakers by the people who attend, because they're people doing serious research, mm. trying to figure it out, doing the scientific studies. It's part of the world evolving. Oh, beautiful! And like we can lean towards all the doom and gloom that you know in relation to the wars and the poverty and the, oh, all sorts of um, madness, or at least perceived madness. There are some real change makers rising above the nonsense that we've seen on the TV. Right? Absolutely. And this is exciting. And so. With these changes, these with these people speaking into um, a, a new paradigm, if you like. Essentially, that is exactly it. A new way of thinking, a new change. 
But we've gone through lots of them. You know, my mother talked about the first airplane she ever saw, and that was in the 1920s because they were very rare. And now we hop on a plane and cross the Pacific and come to New Zealand, those extraordinary distances. So we can look at our own lives and go, things have really changed. But we need to aim the change at the most positive experience for all humans. Yeah, I, the human beings are the ones that count. I, I totally call that. And so based on these extraordinary people encouraging others to be extraordinary. That's it. That's it. Where do you see us heading? What's your heart's state? The heart is exactly the point that is the change. Um, and, of course, uh, love. It's That's the expression of the heart. And if you fully express love, you are also expressing your highest self. If you can interact with everything around you from the viewpoint of love. And that usually means a viewpoint of change. Change for yourself, change for them. And that's a choice we're making. Uh, we're the most numerous species on the planet, which I find very interesting. Um, though in reality, we are numbered by a couple other things, ants. <laughs> but it's our capacity to love, help each other. We get involved with projects and change. We work on behalf of our community. We work on behalf of our family, our church. Whatever we care to give our love to is extended and is improved. And it's that sense of community at all levels is the moment of transformation. And it's a choice you make to have as much love in your life as you can. Oh, that's gold right there. That is absolute gold, Donna. Think what that world would be like. That world would be marvelous. And we see bits and pieces of it all the time. It just has to come into unity. We have to make the choice to move in that direction. And we have to for ourselves and for our children and for all the community that we represent. And that's our ancestors, too. Magic. Absolutely magic. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. But I think that's good. I got to have a fun experience recently. I got to go meet with Dr. Gary Cook. In fact, we have a little bit of footage of him talking. And he told me about all the various adventures in his life and then the choice to go and find out what was really happening at the historic sites. And he taught, he, in the little film we, we filmed, he gave the introduction on when you come to to a place in nature, pause for a moment, thank all of nature and the spirits and all the people who would have interacted with that piece of land. And he said, then wait to see if they wish to interact with you. And he talked about moments where a little fantail suddenly appeared and, and danced in front of him or an insect came across and landed. And there's a lot of relationship with nature that if we just slow down, we'd suddenly have an entirely different understanding of the connections between the world because there's 
nothing that would cause that critter to come at that moment in time when you were there waiting. We think the world is made to our rules. I assure you the rules on the world are entirely different and they're much more caring and connecting. Nature is not cruel, nature is efficient. And it wants to talk to us because after all, we're causing problems. <laughs> oh, I love that, Donna. I look once again, thank you for, for tuning up. Thank you for doing that. It's on your heart. Uh, it's much appreciated. And Fano, please, please check out this event. There are some key speakers who have such a an insight, such an intelligence, such a wisdom, and it's it, it will only enrich and fruit for our lives. So thank you, Donna, for, for doing that, that you do. Thank you very much. And I I, I want to share it with everybody because it is fun and you get to think different thoughts and that's a way forward. Beautiful. Fano, you've heard it here first. You've heard it here first. You are sincerely cared for. Cure. Thank you for your time and your ears. If you are inspired and stimulated by what has been said, you can contact me at Mountaintop Life Coaching and look forward to hearing your feedback. If you haven't been told today, let me be the first. You are cared for. Kia This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.